But in this psalm, there is this idea that our Father God knows everything. That he is all-knowing, omniscient. Omni is just all. That he knows everything. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. This is, this is way better than predictive text. But it's also not a lack of freedom. I know, for example, that before Meg's mum comes round, she will clean the house. I know this. And now I will get a loving slap or a hug. I hope it will be a hug later. But I know this will happen. That doesn't mean that she's not free to do it. She's free to do it or not. And I'm not making her do it. I just know that she will. And in 25 plus years of being together, I don't think there's ever been an occasion when your mum has come round when you haven't cleaned. And I'm trying to catch up still. (laughs) God knows us. He knows when we sit He knows when we rise. He knows what we're going to say even before we say it. Before a word is on our mouth. He knows it completely. He is so all-encompassing that in Isaiah 44, he says, I am the first and the last. The first and the last. But he's not just all-knowing. He's not just omniscient. But he's the God who's all-present, who's omnipresent. Where can I go from your spirit? Verse 7. Where can I flee from your presence? You know what? What a wonderful thought that there is no place that we can go where God isn't. Even to the worst places in the world. God is there. Even in the worst places in the world. God is there. I remember being in Torquay and um, uh, I'd upset some of the local uh, residents who were kind of in and around uh, the church who we were working with um, and it got to the point where I had uh, walked past um, the the local homeless center and as I was as I was walking past a whole load of them had kicked off because they were proper cross with me for something that I'd done and um, and I was standing near the door of the building and uh, the door kind of opened and Danny pulled me in <laughs> and shut the door behind me. And I spent the next two hours uh, in the building as the police came and sorted folks out and had gentle chats with them. And God was in that place too. In that place of difficulty where I kind of thought, oh, have I messed up? Have they messed up? 
What are you doing in this situation? I thought I was trying to do the right thing. Did I do the wrong thing? Where can I go from your presence? But also in this next set of verses, in verse 7 to 12, there is this sense of actually of us hiding from him. You know, sometimes we can be in a, in a place where we want to hide from ourselves or from other people or even from God. And we don't want to bring those things that we're thinking or that we're doing into his presence. And what the psalmist says to us is that even if we go to the darkest places, even if we try and hide, even that place of darkness isn't dark to you. Darkness is as light to you. Verse 12. But he's also the one who is all creating. The beginning of life and the end of life. This wonderful verse, which set of verses which for, for some is a comfort and for some is just painful because of the journeys that we've been on. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Some of the most intimate verses in Scripture about how God knows us and loves us and has made us. And that of every single one of us, he says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every single one of us, fearfully and wonderfully made. But that he also knows the days that have been ordained for us. He knows how much time we've got. You know, I wouldn't want to know and I expect you wouldn't want to know either. But he knows. He saw us while we were still in our mother's womb. He counted it precious to look at us. To take tender care of us. The all-creating God who cares for us from the beginning of life to the end of life and through to the resurrection in verse, uh, in verse 18. When I awake, I am still with you. The dawn of a new day, but also this picture, this insight into the resurrection that's coming. But then at the end, the last six verses are this call to holiness. Will we identify with who God is? Will we stand on His side, to side with Him? And will we choose to live in a way that is pleasing to Him? You know, tonight, there's the, we could preach on, on this chapter for a term. But really, I just want to say two things. The first is that he really does know you. He really does know you. 
knows everything about you. He goes with you to every place. He knows your thoughts, the best ones, your best, most creative thoughts, and your darkest thoughts. He knows you. Your Father God knows you. You know, Meg and I have been in, in, in a lot of places and a lot of different places. And one of the things that I've come to realize is that people are just people. You know, sometimes the size of the houses are a bit different, or the income's a bit different, or the social behaviors are a bit different. But you know, people are just people. And actually, we all have the same set of struggles. It's just that when the houses are bigger and someone's been brought up nicely in a sort of middle-class home, when there's a crisis, it's not necessarily the end of the world. When someone who's marginalized from society, has the same crisis. It can result in homelessness and death. A crisis is the same. People are people. And God knows us. He knows our thoughts. He knows our struggles. In the different places that we've been, I've seen people who have gone through horrendous difficulties, through terrible illnesses, and been some of the most faithful, praying, delightful, annoyingly chirpy people on the planet. You know those ones? Yeah? And I've seen other people who are so torn and twisted by what life has thrown at them and so racked with pain and bitterness. And I've seen that in wealthy communities and I've seen it in poor communities and the ones in the middle. You know, people are people. And God knows us. He knows the places that you're delighting in. He knows the places where you're struggling. He knows the secrets of your heart, the things that you feel you might not even be able to talk to him about. That's the first thing. He really knows you. And the second thing is, because he knows you, he really does know what's best. So you can trust him. You can trust your Father God. You can entrust your life to him because he does know what's best for you. And so I encourage you not to just take this psalm tonight and have it as, you know, a nice psalm that's in the, in the middle of the book that we might approach quite often as a place of comfort, but have it as a psalm where you allow the psalm to read you. Not just that you read the psalm, 
but you allow the psalm to read you and in doing so you invite God to search you afresh. It begins with you have searched me Lord and you know me. And it ends with search me God and know my heart. That invitation that even though God knows to come and know more. Search me and know my heart. Test me. Know even my angst. Some of you are starting to get texts back now. Maybe even worried phone calls. You might just need to text back and explain. (laughs) See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me, Lord. Not just you, but me. Lead me, Lord, in the way that is everlasting. I wonder if you know how many times you've read the psalm. This one. You know, I guess for most of us, if we've been travelling, if we've been trying to follow Jesus for even a few years, then you've been in this psalm before. My encouragement is come into this psalm again this week and allow, allow the scripture to read you. That you would allow God to take you back into his presence again.